Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. AEW Double or Nothing cashes in. I'm Jaden Becker, and welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast. What a pay per view it was last night. They got everything right, hit it right on the head, and I couldn't be more impressed with Double or Nothing. Before we get into our full review of last night's AEW pay per view, uh, let's take a look at some news coming from that pay per view. AEW announces dates and locations for their next. Two pay-per-views. AEW announced its next pay-per-view will be all out on Sunday, September 5th on Labor Day weekend. The show will take place in Chicago. The venue is not yet confirmed, but AEW has previously gone to the Sears Center for this show. AEW Full Gear will take place from St. Louis, Missouri on November 6th. This is the first time AEW will run a pay-per-view from the Gateway City. So already having the next two pay-per-views lined up and ready to go. A shame to see, and this is my personal bias here, a shame to see uh, not any pay-per-views making their way over to uh, the Northeast as uh, I'm in uh, New York City and I'm hoping to go to one of these pay-per-views sooner rather than later. Uh, But maybe that will come later down the line for AEW and uh, hopefully later in the year for the WWE as things start to get back into shape uh, after this pandemic. And uh, I believe New York City at this point, if uh, you have a 100% vaccinated crowd, you're able to have uh, 100% capacity as well. So that could work out really, really well uh, now that things are starting to open up. And uh, getting back into the swing of things, fans and attendance were great for AEW, a double or nothing. And uh, we're going to get right into our full show review for last night's AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view. But first, let us thank our sponsor, Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 4.0. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. We have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That is FANSIDED20, all caps, at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Let's get right into this pay-per-view. Brian Cage versus Hangman Adam Page uh, to open the show. Cage in some baller. Baller. Terminated gear for his entrance. Had a full metal sleeve and a partial uh, face mask for his entrance really really nice huge pop for hangman adam page as he soaks it all in for his entrance the fans ringside getting drilled by the barricade after dives to the outside you forget sometimes that yeah that's a dangerous area to sit sometimes as a pro pro wrestling fan Uh, you sit right there by the barricade and they're drilling drilling each other into this barricade ringside with real fans there no longer uh the aew talent and uh, hopefully no one had their hands get caught or knees get hurt or anything like that because it looked pretty rough, at least in the first match. Cage in control until uh, the action falls outside. Huge moonsault by Page onto the outside as well. Rope-assisted superplex onto the ramp by uh, Brian Cage. Big ouch there. That's what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> ouch. Because both of them took a big bump there. Cage goes for the buckshot lariat, but it's reversed. Very impressive, however, as Cage was able to flip over the rope, similar to a Hangman Adam Page does. A man of that size, Brian Cage, and he comes to impress. He really, really does. Cage 
Page connects with a clothesline and a Liger Bomb, but can't get the pin. Starks and Hook enter from Team Taz and try to get Cage to use the FTW belt uh, to attack Adam Page. Cage declines and is caught with a buckshot lariat and uh, ends up losing the match there. Hangman Adam Page, the victor in our open here for AEW Double or Nothing. Uh, my prediction was wrong, given the fact that Adam Page won, and I did pick Brian Cage to win this match, but it's also correct at the same time, uh, given the fact that Brian Cage is now starting to see some distension, uh, well, his team Taz is starting to see some distension with uh, Brian Cage now disagreeing with the group in some way shape or form but what an opening match every spot hit on a next level the fan reactions of course making this match uh, taking it to the next level and uh, I'm really really excited to see what's going to happen next with Brian Cage and uh, Cage even shoves Team Taz to the side as he walks to the back after this match is over so some dissension going on I predicted the storyline correctly perhaps but I didn't predict, predict the uh, correct uh, outcome from this match for uh, Adam Page taking victory here. Moving on to our next one, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston taking on the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Uh, the Young Bucks are with beards, both of them, and uh, usually it's only uh, Nick Jackson with the beard. Excuse me, it's only Matt Jackson with the beard, but now Nick has the beard as well, and uh, I, I prefer him without it. Let's just say that. I prefer him without it, but it does make him look very heelish, and also I'm getting a huge, huge uh, Freebird vibe from uh, the Young Bucks here. Uh, streamers pop and uh, Moxley and Kingston attack uh, as if it's like the, the start of the gun. I think they said that on commentary. I thought that was a really nice uh, analogy there. Match finally gets underway with Kingston in control. Matt Jackson, uh, when he gets control for himself and the Young Bucks, he mocks a hot tag, uh, which was great. Uh, Moxley enters on a real hot tag and dominates. Gallows and Anderson enter to assist, but both are chased away, uh, including uh, by uh, Frankie Kazarian, former member of SCU, uh, as he's trying to uh, get all the members of the elite. Uh, the coolant ends up in the eyes of John Moxie as he is sprayed, and Moxie also bleeds after he is spiked in the top of the head by the coolant can. The young mucks make fun of the shield and even do a good uh, Roman Reign uh, impression uh, at, at one point, doing the ooh ah at one point. Uh, I had my little brother watch this match. And uh, he watched uh, all of, uh, of Double or Nothing and usually doesn't watch a lot of AEW. But when he saw that, he was like, oh, man, I hate those young bucks. And I'm like, you know what? They're doing a good job then. They're definitely doing a good job. Great tag team wrestling uh, from from both teams here. Uh, and it was very surprising to see John Moxley and Kingston both perform so well in this tag team action. Not like they haven't done it before, but at such a high level. The Young Bucks also putting them to, to another level as well. Dior's Day device, a, a spinoff on the Doomsday device, as it pretty much was a Doomsday device, except they had the $15,000 Dior Air Jordan 1s in uh, John Moxley's hand attacking uh, Matt Jackson. He kicks out, however. Paradigm Shift, another pin breakup. Uh, kick out one after another, after a ton of back and forth. And the match ends a little weak, I will say, with the BTE triggers. Not hitting as hard as the rest of the match did, but uh, still a great match overall as a whole. And one of my favorite matches on the whole whole card, if I do say so myself. The, the whole entire pay-per-view i was very very impressed uh with this one here and i was surprised they put it on second they even could have opened the show with this this could have been towards the back end as one of the main eventers uh the, this match hit very 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 well great match 
Moving on to the Casino Battle Royal, Christian Cage uh, enters first against Matt Seidel, Powerhouse Hobbs, Dustin Rhodes, and The Acclaimed. And how they ended up doing this match, very confusing, but I ended up getting it along the way. Jim Ross even hinted to it, saying like, after if they finally saw what happened, uh, <laughs> he was like, oh, I get it. You know, Jim Ross, I probably was confused himself, but they had, it was kind of like a Royal Rumble. But in a sense where not people coming out individually, but coming out in suits, as in suits of uh, a deck of cards. So they, you came out either in diamonds and clubs and spades and hearts. And there was one Joker, and that Joker being uh, an AEW debut. But they would come out in spades. So that first spade, Christian Cage was a part of, and he lasted his way throughout the whole match. Uh, but. Uh, we, we all saw the card online. I'm not going to go completely through it. But Leo Rush was the Joker and making his AEW debut and appearance. And now making... He, he's not all elite. I will say that. He's not all elite. He's still officially signed under New Japan Pro Wrestling. But he is allowed to work dates for AEW. And that is according to Dave Meltzer. So Leo Rush makes his way overseas and back to America. He spent some time with MLW. He spent some time with AAA. He had believe he won both the uh, MLW middleweight championship along with the, the same thing with AAA. He held them both at the same time. He did a great job in the J Cup and everything like that. So Leo Rush now in uh, AEW at least working some dates. The final three are Christian Cage, Matt Hardy, and Jungle Boy. Cage is the one to eliminate Matt Hardy, and then Jungle Boy wins by eliminating Christian Cage. And I think even the crowd reaction was so huge for Jungle Boy that uh, no matter what, he was going to come out uh, on top in this one. Uh, you could also hear the crowd reaction for Christian Cage towards the end of the match. A lot of boos towards Christian Cage. Not People not wanting him to, I wouldn't say not wanting him to succeed, but not wanting him to win this match here given that one, Jungle Boy is in it. And two, I still don't believe Christian Cage is deserving of his spot in AEW and how hard he's being pushed. I'm glad he lost this match. and I'm glad he was the one to be eliminated. Perfect booking in this sense. I'm glad he was the one to get eliminated here towards the end, proving that, hey, that at one point, I think they should have a one-on-one -on -one between Jungle Boy and Christian Cage, have Jungle Boy come out on top, Christian Cage moves on and has a, another match for himself, but it proves that he can be beaten, because so far, he hasn't been able to be beaten, uh, Christian Cage, and even though I don't believe this match goes on his uh, AEW record, if it does or doesn't, but uh, either way, Super, super, super excited to see Jungle Boy get this win and get an AEW title opportunity. Sadly, it's going to come in two weeks, meaning Kenny Omega is going to come out on top. I wish they dragged this out a little bit further down the line to build it up towards a pay-per-view type of match. But uh, either way, uh, Jungle Boy getting a, a well-deserved spot, a well-deserved moment, if you will, here at Double or Nothing. Cage hugs Jungle Boy after this match as well. Uh, which is very nice to see, proving that he's not turning heel, even though all the boos he was receiving throughout this match made it look like it. Moving on to our next match, Great Britain versus America, Anthony Agogo versus Cody Rhodes, and a perfect, perfect production here from AEW. AEW, uh, before this match, did a tribute to the troops, as Memorial Day is today, and uh, yesterday was uh, the Memorial Day Eve, if you will, Memorial Day weekend, tribute to the troops they did, and then... As soon as they finished the tribute to the troops segment with all the, the American pomp and circumstance and everything like that, they had the dogs out, uh, they, they're supporting uh, troops 
and uh, and Pause, I believe it's called, and they they were supporting uh, some charity uh, for troops and 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 animals. Uh, as soon as that finishes, enters Anthony Agogo with the British flag slapped right on top of uh, uh, over the American flag that was previously playing. And I thought that was great, great, easy heat, easy, easy, easy booze right there. And a fantastic moment uh, for, for them to do that. And uh, also great gear from Cody Rhodes. If I do say so myself, very Uncle Sam-esque, if you will. Ogogo looks really, really good in the ring. And uh, I, he has wrestled a couple matches in the past, but they weren't really wrestling matches. More wrestling matches that turned into boxing matches after he drilled his opponent in the gut. So I really want to see how Gogo would look in the ring in a real wrestling match because I, I know Cody wasn't going to take a squash here. I would have been very surprised. He's only taken one squash, and that was to Brody Lee. So uh, I would have been very surprised if Rhodes did that here. But Gogo looked really, really good and moves really, really well around the ring. Cody bumping well for him as well as usual. Gogo bleeding from his head, I believe inadvertently. I don't believe that was an intentional uh, cut there. Great back and forth, and at least more than I was expecting from this match. I thought it was going to be uh, a little bit less, but we got a, a decent back and forth. Uh, Vertebreaker from Cody Rhodes to get the win. An okay match compared to the others on the card so far and the others on the card throughout the rest of this match, uh, throughout the rest of this pay-per-view. This is probably, I guess you would call it the worst match on this pay-per-view, but that's not saying anything bad this was a really 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 good match i know i would give it if i had to give it a melter star rating i guess i'll give it three uh, 325 you know it was a decent match you know and uh just to say that this was the worst on the card you know if you put it on another pay-per-view might have been the second best or something like that so we're going to get into the rest of this pay-per-view right after the break so stick with us right here on the daily ddt podcast Welcome back to the Daily DDT Podcast, skipping on this day in pro wrestling history to wish you a very, very happy Memorial Day uh, right here in uh, New York City. A little gloomy for Memorial Day weekend, usually Memorial Day weekend, and or as it is throughout the rest of the country. It's the start of summer. This is where the pools open. This is where the beaches open and everything like that. I really wasn't really able to celebrate as much as we would like this Memorial Day weekend because of all the cloud coverage and all the rain and everything like that. But right now on this Memorial Day, uh, it's pretty nice out. So enjoy it with your family, of course. From the Daily GDT family to yours, thank you to all the troops that have served and are serving. All right, getting right back into this pay-per-view for AEW Double or Nothing. Lance Archer versus Miro for the TNT Championship. Archer jumps the bell for the early advantage. Uh, Archer sends Miro through the table with a spine buster uh, at the start of this match. Uh, Miro picks up the pace until Jace the Snake Robert enters. Uh, a little bit of change of pace here in this match. Surprisingly, Jake the Snake Roberts enters and brings in uh, a, a snake with him in a bag, which is always fantastic to see. But Miro, unfazed, throws the snake up the stage. I'm assuming that there was, wasn't was a snake in the bag in the first place because that would be very surprising if there was a snake in the bag, but they never showed one, so I'm assuming there was not. But the visual, because we all know that Jake the Snake Roberts walks around with that burlap sack and in that sack is the snake, 
he Miro just chucked that snake. <laughs> ruthless. Absolutely ruthless. Archer passes out to the game over or the accolade and Miro retains. Uh, I just think Archer is so out the door and it, so is Jake the Snake. Uh, especially after a match like this. Archer says that he wants to go back to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Jake the Snake Roberts having his snake being thrown. I feel like another great uh, moment as well to say that ah, he's sort of done with AW as well. Given the fact that Archer will probably be out the door as well. So uh, good match. Miro getting the win. Going to hold this belt probably until December. Lance Archer, probably out the door. You'll see him back in New Japan sometime soon. So, a uh, good way to get both people over. Miro, very dominant in this match. Very, very dominant. Making him look absolutely unstoppable after beating pretty much not both both Archer and Jake the Snake Roberts and Jake the Snake's Roberts Snake. So, uh, good match there by Miro. Britt Baker, DMD versus Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's World Championship. Hikaru Shida coming into this match as the longest reigning AEW champion of all time in their short history. Solid back and forth early on. Shida with a huge dive to the outside. Baker gets uh, her glove from Rebel for the uh, lockjaw. Shida steps it up to a new gear, a mean gear, a ruthless gear that we haven't seen from her in quite some time. Rebel accidentally hits Baker with the crutch, but Baker is able to stay in the match. A distraction causes Baker to connect with a curb stomp onto the new AEW Women's World Championship. Sheeta taps out to the lockjaw, and Baker is your new AEW Women's World Champion. It is the era of DMD. It's now officially upon us, and I couldn't be more happy. Baker couldn't be more happy. Tony Schiavone couldn't be more happy as she as he hugged her at the top of the entrance ramp. And uh, really, really nice to see uh, Baker finally win this AEW Women's World Championship. There's a possibility that Sheeta could turn heel moving on into the future as her current gimmick, and if there ever was a gimmick there for Sheeta, has turned quite stale. For me and my taste, so turning her heel definitely could do her some justice. And um, now it's the era of DMD. It's really tough to boo Britt Baker. It really, really is. She has that anti-hero vibe to her. And I feel like Baker moving forward can hold on to this women's division for quite some time. Even before she was a champion now, as she currently is, she was the face of this women's division. And now I think she can continuously be this face of this women's division now at the absolute pinnacle of it, no pun intended, uh, at the top as the AEW Women's World Champion. Moving on to Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky taking on Sting <laughs> and Darby Allen. I had to do it. I had to do it. I apologize. Allen jumps the bell at the start of this match. A lot of jumping on the bell in this pay-per-view, I realized, uh, as I wrote in my notes here. Sting splashes to the outside, and a huge splash. Huge wasn't just a, a splash from the apron to the floor. It was a splash from uh, pretty much the top turnbuckle, but it, it was at the same height of the uh, the chips that were stacked up. That's what uh, Sting jumped off of. Also, Sting taking off his shirt and revealing his ring gear, his classic ring gear as we know him in, in his singlet. And uh, great to see Sting. And he's looking pretty good. Looking pretty good. Uh, match officially underway. Page and Sky cut the ring in half on Allen. Page with a bloody nose, uh, inadvertently. Sting enters on a hot tag, but ref misses the tag, causing a control to go back in control of Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. 
Uh, Allen being thrown around uh, and right to his brother watching ringside beyond the bar- barricade, so right into his brother's lap. So I thought that was a fun spot they did there. Sting finally enters on a hot tag that actually counts. Uh, Stinger Splash and uh, Code Red. Chaos ensues, and Sting connects with the Scorpion Death Drop to win. And uh, Sting looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, he's at his uh, older age, if you will. Uh, Sting, you, you might expect someone of that age to not be able to perform at such a high level in ring. They had him in a cinematic match prior to this one, and probably to give him more time to rev up for a match like this. Don't expect him to be performing every week on Dynamite. This is a very, very special moment, and he absolutely delivered. Absolutely, positively delivered at a level that no one, I don't think, expected for him to uh, compete at that age yes did Darby Allen take up a good brunt of the work 100% yeah Darby Allen did take up a good brunt of the work but did Sting do everything he needed to do 100% and then some he took a couple bumps that he did not need to take but at the same time uh, he did all the spots that we know and love from Sting and for him to do that that's what I give him credit for as long he doesn't look like a shell of him of his former self he looks like uh, he's 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 calling tribute to his former self if that makes any sense Moving on to the AEW World Championship match. Kenny Omega versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Kenny Omega, of course, the champion. Cassidy's showing off his gimmick early on. Slow, then fast, and slow again, of course. Orange Cassidy doing a great job working the crowd. And in front of a full crowd, we haven't seen the crowd reacting like that in quite some time. Pac has his time in the sun. And then Omega does a huge dive to the outside by Omega. Huge 450 splash from Pac onto both of his competitors. Cassidy come back after his hands jump into his pockets. Even after a few V-triggers, he's still resilient. Omega breaks up a pin after a black arrow from Pac onto Cassidy. Beach break to Omega, but he kicks out. Don Callis pulls the ref out of the ring to break up a pin, costing Orange Cassidy the championship. Omega attacks the ref when he can't break up the pin as well. Some great heel work from Don Callis and Kenny Omega. Omega hits Pac with multiple belts. I think Omega hit Pac with every belt that he brought ringside. The AAA championship he brought, the AAA Mega Championship, both the TNA and the Impact World Championships, and of course the AEW World Championship as well. Cassidy connects with the orange punch. Uh, Aubrey Edwards enters to count the pin, and uh, if there was a regular referee in there, it would have been one, two, three, but she had to make her way running from the back to out front. So, uh, didn't get the one, two, three there. And the pin ends up being shifted in Omega's favor for him to retain. Uh, Orange Cassidy will get another shot and 100% well deserved. Great match all around. Orange Cassidy being obviously screwed, but in, in a kayfabe sense, being obviously screwed over. So in the next pay per view, you can only assume it's going to be Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy, uh, future down the line. No problem with that at all. I think that's an absolutely fantastic match to have. Is it a smart thing to do to put the AEW World Championship on Orange Cassidy? I don't think so. Uh, his gimmick doesn't call for that. His gimmick doesn't need him to be a champion for him to be over. You know, there's no problem with him being the TNT champion. I'm not saying that that's wrong, but even even that, you know, his gimmick doesn't need. A championship for him to be over. Yes, it's an accolade to add on for saying, what well, great job, well-deserved, 100%. 100% without a doubt. But Kenny Omega 
gets pushed way higher to the moon, especially with what he's doing with all these belts and the belt collector gimmick. He sort of has to be the AEW world champion. You know, Orange Cassidy does not need to be the AEW world champion anytime soon. I don't think he ever needs to be the AEW world champion. His gimmick is so perfect that uh, he's he's good without it. He's, he's more than good without it. So I give him a lot of credit. He will have his one-on-one Omega match, and it will be great given uh, what Cassidy is able to do in the ring. So great match all around. Before we get into our main event, which was the Stadium Stampede match, we had some huge, huge, huge All Elite news. Mark Henry is officially All Elite. Yes, the world's strongest man, formerly from the WWE, joins the broadcast team for Rampage and will also be a coach for AEW. Congratulations to Mark Henry from switching sides, going from New York to Jacksonville, if you will. And now part of AEW and now officially All Elite. It was a huge pop for me and my brother watching that. Good on Mark Henry there for uh, taking that jump, taking that big leap. And I'm, I'm very excited to see what he can do with AEW. All right, moving on to the Stadium Stampede match. I don't have a full list of notes that I usually do for every match. Uh, when it comes down to Stadium Stampede, because there's a lot to keep track with. But there was a ton of great spots in this match, from top to bottom, inner circle rappelling down uh, at the beginning of the match, Urban Meyer making a cameo, Conan as a DJ, and uh, the match actually makes it all the way back to Daly's place in a live sense, where uh, last year's Stadium Stampede match was pre-recorded, and now Stadium Stampede 2, uh, part of, parts of it were pre-recorded, but the second half of it was not, where they actually made it back to Daly's place, wrestled in front of the crowd, and you know they were actually live there in person, which was a great thing to do, given that you have that full-packed live house to, to do it with. A 6.30 senton to win from Sammy Guevara. The inner circle stayed together, and uh, it was better than last year's match as a whole, but I thought... Uh, the ending for last year's was a little bit better, given what it was a one-wing angel from off like a second-story thing. Like I thought that was pretty huge, and uh, I I I enjoyed the ending a little better because it was a, such a huge moment at the end there. But either way, they didn't really need that that huge moment. There was better off for them to have it in front of the crowd. In front, of, you have all these people there for the first time in such a long time. Uh, it was better that they had it in front of the crowd and honored them pretty much in that sense, saying thank you. Uh, a very good feel-good ending. Very, very good feel-good ending as a whole for AEW, double or nothing. And I'm very glad that Inner Circle won, and I got my prediction right there. For going by my predictions, I believe I only got two wrong. If I go back, let's see. I think I only got... Two wrong. Yes, I got the Brian Cage versus Hangman Adam Page match wrong. I picked Brian Cage there. And the Casino Battle Royal, I picked the To Be Announced guy. Which is probably not the smartest pick. But I bet you I had you on your toes there. As Leo Rush was the guy to be the the one to come in. Which was definitely, a, could have been a viable person to, to go against Omega. Undoubtedly. Without a doubt. That, that, that would have been fine with me. But either way, fantastic pay-per-view from AEW. People are calling it the pay-per-view of the year, no matter what promotion. Uh, I, I have to think about that a little bit, and I'll probably tell you in the next episode if I feel like that is true or not. But uh, it definitely it holds its weight. It holds its weight, undoubtedly. Uh, if we're going with the grade here for AEW Double or Nothing, I'm going with an A-. Uh, I think that this pay-per-view is absolutely fantastic. I enjoyed it from top to bottom. They hit on every note. They did everything they had to do. The only thing that really knocks this pay-per-view is probably uh, the Anthony Agogo-Cody Rhodes match. And that's pretty much it. I, I really like 
and it wasn't even that bad of a match. It was a pretty decent match. So uh, there's a couple parts of this match with a few of a, a couple parts of the show with a few caveats here and there. Uh, the the stadium stampede match. I feel like the ending could have been a little bit cranked up a little bit higher. Uh, I feel like you know, I want to be left on a higher note than that, but I feel like the fan, the crowds in the stadium, the crowds in Daly's place get left on such a high note there that uh, it made sense uh, for that. The Ethan Page, uh, that was fine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a minus a minus trending towards an A. How about that? A minus trending towards an A. Uh, maybe if I sleep on a little bit, I'll, I'll rethink it. But as I currently feel in my heart, A minus because it was a fantastic pay per view. They did a great job, A W double nothing, and I'm very excited to see what they do in these coming weeks on on Friday Night Dynamite. No longer Wednesday nights due to the NBA playoffs, but it is what it is. And uh, they'll they'll uh, get some some rating boost after people that finish SmackDown want to watch more wrestling if they want to watch four hours of wrestling a night, which is a tough thing to do. Very, very tough thing to do. But they are two very great shows. Imagine going from Roman Reigns to Kenny Omega. Oof, what a night. What a night. All right, moving on to our next episode of the Daily DDT Podcast. Going to be reviewing some Monday Night Raw. Drew McIntyre versus Kofi Kingston. Winner faces Bobby Lashley at Hell in a Cell. Shayna Baszler versus Reginald. Of course, we have to have a silly match on Monday Night Raw. And AJ Styles and Omos versus Elias and Jackson Riker for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Should be a fun match. That's all for me. Remember to get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That is FANSIDED20, all caps, at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at dailyddt.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at TV. Happy Memorial Day. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.